Welcome to another edition of Define More, our Ninjutsu podcast. I am Daishi Han, Jason Steves, and today we have lots of topics back to back. This is September 2021. I will first refer you to our website, DefineMoreNinjutsu.com, where you can get all kinds of information. That is your starting place for all things Ninjutsu. Now, on to the rest of the story. What is meditation and what is it used for? Meditation has been around for a very long time. There are various types, but they are all very similar. The goals are all similar, their methods are all similar, and the beliefs are similar. Some think that spirituality plays an important part, such as out-of-body experiences, aka astral projection, traveling to spirit worlds, communicating with the dead, but we just don't know for certain. It certainly has elements of hypnotic states, and so the rest might be a result of that, and maybe not. You decide. It has also been called false somnambulism, false sleepwalking, nervous sleep, mesmerization, trance, among others. People who can be hypnotized or meditate to a deep trance-like state are called, at least historically, hystericals. It should be noted that if nothing happens while you meditate, that does not mean something is wrong. Everyone's experience is different. Hypnosis is the method by which we seek to understand and control others. Meditation is the method by which we seek to understand and control our own thoughts. Binaural beats are a method of using music tuned at a specific frequency that your brain reacts to. It has a 95% success rate in achieving the desired goal. It uses two frequencies, one in each ear using headphones, and your brain extrapolates a third signal between the two that is subliminal. If you play music at 100 hertz into your left ear and 110 hertz into your right ear, your brain will extrapolate and hear a third signal between them at 10 hertz. The difference. In this way, you can invisibly program your goals. Different frequencies will induce specific results. The subliminal messages should only include a frequency of sound. If it includes words and messages, it should legally be written on the package or spoken at the beginning of a track. Do not overuse meditation music. It alters your mind and can affect your daily functioning. Some sources will caution an hour or two per day, but my experience would say you only need about 15 minutes once per day. Do not listen to any type of meditation music while driving or when you need to be alert. Many neuroexperts say that 40 hertz is very important to binding new information. Brain waves are the frequency at which your brain cycles if you hooked up an electroencephalogram, EEG machine. Alpha waves are when you are alert. Beta waves are when you are relaxed or lightly sleeping. Delta waves are when you are in deep sleep or REM, rapid eye movement, sleep. And theta waves are when you are in a meditative hypnotic state. Delta waves are the slowest of all four brainwave frequencies. Most commonly associated with deep sleep, it also triggers the release of human growth hormone, so beneficial for healing and regeneration. This is why deep restorative sleep is so essential to the healing process. Delta is the brainwave signal of the subconscious, the seat from which intuition arises. That means delta wave programs are not only an ideal choice for their sleep and deep regeneration potential, but also when you want to access your unconscious activity and help that information flow to your conscious mind. Delta waves range between 0 and 4 hertz. Fire method meditation is another method that is similar and is supposed to produce results of extreme temperature variations. 
One monk climbed Mount Everest and Mount Kilimanjaro wearing only shorts and shoes and can increase their body temperature, focus speed healing to desired areas of your body, block pain, and more. You breathe deeply, imagine the breath going in your nostrils, then curling down the sides of your energy channel inside the center of your body, then it joins at the bottom. Keep it there and compress the energy together with previous breaths by holding your breath for about 15 seconds, then repeat a few more times more as you get experienced. On the final breath, you lock it into place by tightening your sphincter muscle below it. Then swallow saliva from above it. Hold your breath for 15 seconds or so. Then when you release, let it all fly up straight through the top of your head at high speed. This is very similar to key training, if you have learned about that. Gray matter in the brain is said to increase with continued meditation sessions. This results in positive effects such as greater relaxation, renewed energy, self-acceptance. It helps you love others with empathy, insight, improved physiological conditioning, reduced stress hormones such as cortisol, increased activity in the parasympathetic nervous system, decreased activity in the sympathetic nervous system, increase in serotonin and melatonin, improved sleep patterns, reduced reliance on medication for chronic pain, lowered incidence of heart disease, by 48%, and cancer, oxygen consumption is reduced up to 20%, reduced heart rate, blood lactose levels decrease four times faster, decreases in anxiety, neuroticism, depression, and irritability, and increases in happiness, vitality, learning, ability, and memory, as much as 16 points on test scores, creativity, emotional stability, faster processing of information, making decisions, forming memories, improving attention, and improve productivity in every area of life. It can also assist the brain with age-related declines. It makes us more extrovert and less introvert. It makes us better in high-performance jobs. It removes feelings of isolation and replaces them with connectedness. It also increases mitochondria within cells, which results in fat loss. It also helps childhood obesity. It improves your attention span. It also helps you to be more creative and think out of the box. You can endure extreme heat and cold and other hardships. Music is an important part of meditation for reasons we already covered, but this could also mean sound in general, such as thunderstorm audiophile or nature or something else. In fact, you should try various kinds of musical scores to achieve the goosebumps or unusual events that meet your goals. Consider symphonic music, nature, trance music, Tibetan throat singing, Native American music, chanting monks, music with unusual instruments, binaural beats, guided meditation tracks, taiko or kodo or other Japanese rhythmic music, poetic, basically anything that moves you while meditating. If you try something and you just don't feel it, quote unquote, then take it off your playlist. The other hand is also true. If you unexpectedly find a piece of music that stirs you, add it to your repertoire of meditation music. Results will vary hugely among people. Some will notice drastic effects after the first try, while others could take years or never. Research has shown that altering the autonomic nervous system is possible from slightly to completely with illnesses such as bronchial asthma, drug and alcohol abuse, anxiety, tension, and migraine headaches, cardiac arrhythmias, essential hypertension, Raynaud's disease or syndrome, uh, fecal and urinary incontinence, irritable bowel syndrome, muscle re-education, hyperactivity and attention deficit disorder, epilepsy, menopausal hot flashes, chronic pain syndromes, and anticipatory nausea and vomiting associated with chemotherapy, 
some psychological and mental disorders, stuttering, and many other psychiatric disorders. People who meditate are said to be better actors, since the more believable actors put themselves so deeply into the role, they achieve an altered state of consciousness. Think Hensojutsu, the art of disguise and impersonation. Research also showed monks could raise the temperature of their fingers and toes by up to 17 degrees. The second brain is a term doctors are giving to a recent discovery of 80 million neurons in your gut. It communicates with your brain, and so your mind and body's health work together. It talks to your brain, but can also work independently. Meditation can help this. For generations, people viewed the mind and body as interconnected. Our, our only recent generations have sought to solve body problems without the mind. Such as, you know, drugs and surgeries. Theta waves are on the threshold of your subconscious. It is most commonly associated with the deepest level of meditation. Theta also plays an important part in behavior modification programs and has been used in the treatment of drug and alcohol addiction. Theta waves are an ideal state for superlearning, reprogramming your mind, dream recall, and self-hypnosis. Theta waves range between 4 and 7 hertz. Theta is the most elusive and extraordinary realm. It is also known as a twilight state, which we normally only experience briefly as we awake out of the depths of delta or going to sleep. In Theta, we are in a waking dream. Vivid imagery flashes before the mind's eye, and we are receptive to information beyond our normal conscious awareness. Theta is also the gateway to learning and memory. Theta meditation increases creativity, enhances learning, reduces stress, suicidal ideation, and awakens intuition, our sakhi, and other extrasensory perception skills. Transcendental meditation is nearly the same as other forms of meditation, but in this style, the goal is to transcend, transcend your current state of mental consciousness, perhaps in the form of an out-of-body experience, as opposed to an inward observation. Can meditation visions be controlled? In my experience, if you are guiding a person with vocal cues during their meditation, and they are having what could best be described as hallucinations inside their own mind, then you can control what they see and hear, or perhaps even what they do. If you tell them that a black cougar is coming toward them, they will perceive it. They may run away or act it out in their own mind, but their physical body will usually not react, or very little. Many subjects were seen to be immune to pain, too, while in this deep meditative state. The Gansfeld effect relates to something we mentioned earlier. Darkness activates your pineal gland. In the 1930s, it was discovered that if you remove all normal stimuli and introduce a new uniform stimuli, such as a red light and white noise, your mind will hallucinate in order to make sense of what it is perceiving. This could use central deprivation tanks. It is also sometimes called prisoner's cinema. Trapped miners who would go four days without sensory input would experience this. Monks staring into darkness in caves would experience this. People crossing the Arctic seeing nothing but bright white would experience this. Try it. Cut out a regular printer paper, a mask to cover your eyes and secure it with elastics and tape. Use extra if you can see around the outside of the edges. Lay back on a cot or something with a light above to shine through the paper. Listen to white noise or static through noise-canceling headphones. Watch and enjoy. A 10-second meditation. If you are stressed and wished to meditate but don't have time or it is inappropriate, 
you can do this 10-second meditation. Close your eyes, breathe in deeply, place one hand on or at the top of your forehead, then breathe out slowly over 10 seconds or so and sweep down the front of your face and body, stopping at the navel area and sweeping away from you. That's it. Do I need to meditate in ninjutsu? You don't need to have house insurance, but it might be a good idea. You don't need to learn how to use a gun for self-defense, but it might be a good idea. You don't need to dress warmly in cold weather, but it might be a good idea. Meditation will enhance all areas of your life and training. As with anything else, you get out what you put into it. What does this all mean? Besides the obvious benefits already covered, can you see how this could give you an edge over someone who would want to harm you? It would also help in planning and preparation for such events. If you want to know more about meditation, as this was only a small cross-section of our course, you can go to our website at divinemoreninjutsu.com or you can go to our bit.ly link directly, bit.ly, or bit.ly, if you know what bit.ly is, forward slash total dash force with a capital T and a capital F. So bit.ly forward slash capital T total dash capital F for force. There are no limits of what I've done to get there. You just couldn't break them. There will be obstacles. There will be obstacles. If the heavens ever did speak, she's the last true mouthpiece. Every Sunday's getting more bleak. Fresh poison each week. Nothing worth fighting for has ever come easy. I refuse to be average. Trained my body, sacrificed my soul. I've conditioned my mind. Trained my body, sacrificed my soul. Sacrificed my soul. Just another day in my life. Every champion was once a contender who refused to give up. Take me to church, Our class also recently started working on metalworking. So I want to share some of what we learned, or what was shared. A Haman line is a visible line on the blade that is indicative of the harder steel of the blade from the softer steel of the center and top. Only medium and high carbon steel can be hardened. These are called hardened steel. Low carbon steel have higher melting points, which make them hard to work with. A serrated edge helps keep that position of blade sharper than uh, sharper longer during combat when you don't have time to keep sharpening it. Grinding is the process of refining a blade by grinding off unwanted parts. Etching is the process of submerging the blade in an acid bath to bring out the detailed pattern in the metal. You can straighten a warped or bent blade using what is called the three-pin method. You put the bent portion in the vise with two pins on one side and one more in between the other two, but on the opposite side, then vice it. File testing is when we uh, file when the file will skate across a hardened blade smoothly. If it is not hard, it will not. Sometimes hardened metal can be softer than your file used for testing. In that case, it will still bite in, but it is hard. A strop is a strip of leather used to sharpen razors and can be used to sharpen blades too. 
If you push too hard when you sharpen your knife on a grinding wheel or sandpaper belt, it will heat up the edge and you will lose the temper on your edge. A bolster is a piece of metal, uh, I mean a piece between the blade and the handle to provide extra strength and durability, much like the tsuba of a samurai sword. A lagnet is a thin strip of metal that runs down the handle to help secure the head in place, as on warhammers. If a drill bit squeals while you are drilling into your tang, the handle portion of the metal, it means it is too hot or broken or dull, and it will break if you don't add oil or let it cool. A cold peen is when you hammer the end of your tang to mushroom it so it holds your handle without heat. Sugar canes have similar consistency, consistency as human limbs for testing. Just saying. Wear proper safety equipment. Don't learn about safety by accident. Some injuries are permanent. If you want to learn about eye protection, ask someone who has only one eye. Hearing protection is a sound investment. Breathing in metal dust can lead to siderosis, or welder's lung. Leather aprons or the like are extremely helpful. Splashes of molten metal on your skin does not feel nice. Reaching in near a forge oven opening is also extremely hot. Gloves are handy. Forging a blade is definitely very loud, hot, and messy. And you might even get burned, sweat a lot, and ruin some clothes. Be prepared. You can forge completely without electricity, power tools, and gas, and you should know how in case you need to someday. But obviously, power tools and gas make things much, much easier. And I want to reiterate body mechanics. Workspace height is important, and your swing is very important, so you don't get tired and sore. I have even seen a fire pit in the backyard used, filled with charcoal, and a tube and hairdryer. You can guess the temperature of your metal if you need to by sprinkling salt on it. Salt melts at 802 degrees Celsius. Tools you'll find good to have, I don't want to say need, are anvil, a forge, obviously, a hammer, tongs, safety equipment, a quench tank, and grinding tools. The most plentiful element on earth is iron. The atoms in iron can be made stronger by introducing carbon atoms. They fill in space between the iron atoms and pre prevent it from sliding. Carbon in different configurations will have different effects that could result in warping, blade rolling or chipping, breaking or bending, or you can do it purposefully to get one part of your knife hard for strength and another part soft for absorbing impacts. Adding carbon and other elements creates steel. Forging on a charcoal or coal core forge will naturally impregnate iron with carbon, but there are other ways to do it, such as adding carbon from fingernail clippings or human hair or carbon-based living matter by folding steel over the carbon-based material, or adding it to liquefied metal iron, melted melted iron. But now we are talk talking hard-to-do things. Rust is a result of iron atoms being removed from steel, and it will destroy your steel. High carbon content of 5 to 100 steel is between 0.98% to 1.1%. A2 is a tough and relatively hard steel with 0.95% to 1.05% carbon content. D2 steel has a 1.5% to 1.6% carbon content, so it is very hard with high 12% chromium. O1 steel has a carbon content of 0.85% to 1%. Stainless steel has added chromium, which adds a thin layer to the surface of the metal, which prevents oxidative rust. 
One of the most common commonly used metals is 440. It has a carbon content between 0.95% and 1.2% carbon, making it hard, hard to forge, but holds a great edge and easy to sharpen. CPM154CM is a stainless alloy that has 1.05% carbon. S35VN is considered by many to be one of the best available knife steels. Damascus steel has recently been used to refer to layered steel that forms a pretty pattern, but true Damascus steel was first made in Sri Lanka, where typhoon winds would power their forges. Then it was adapted in Syria, where it was named after their capital. The steel was so hard, it could cut through other blades in battle. Uh, tool steel is very hard and has varying degrees of carbon and is excellent for blade making. When making handles, epoxy won't bond properly to a surface if it's dirty or has any oils on it, so make sure your hands are clean as you're handling it. Finish your blade by applying a coat of oil to the wood. If you want to know more or have the full course on metalworking that we've filmed with our students, which has a lot more information in it, I would suggest you go to our website, DivineWarRenijutsu.com, and click on the link to join as a member in the corner, currently in the corner. As I say this, it looks like a little person in a circle. And that'll take you to our online store, or our online course membership. We're actually currently, we used to have every different topic we did, we had them laid out as individual courses. Now what we've been doing recently is we're migrating all the individual courses into the membership. So if you see the Divine War Ninjutsu Total Force membership course there with, with a monthly subscription, it's very modest price, nothing that most people can't handle, and you will be able to access all of our courses there. So the best best way to get there is DivineWarNinjutsu.com and then trying to, to get a membership. Yes, we do put some of our videos on YouTube for free, but that's just a taste, just like uh, this podcast this was just a taste of the metalworking notes that I made, that I wrote, and I left a lot out uh, because of time, but mainly because if you want to get the full course, this is just to whet your appetite. Go to DivineWarNinjutsu.com, log in, and go to the Total Force membership to get all of our courses and uh, lots of secrets and lots of nice hidden videos, things that are hard to get, and all that stuff. I won't say much more than that. I sent uh, Anthony Cummins an email a little while back, and he decided to uh, audio record his response. Um, I think I was holding on to it for a while. I wasn't sure if I wanted to make it public or not. Um, other than some minor details of privacy things that I'm going to come out, I've cut out, I think I'm going to leave most of this in so that you can hear what he had to say. So uh, other than... Other than that, this has never been shown anywhere else. It's about 10 minutes. The original is about 10 minutes, but it might be a little shorter after I cut out personal information. Hi, Jason. You okay? Uh, happy to hear from you. Yeah, of course I remember you, and I remember doing the podcast. I had a good time. It was good fun. I enjoyed doing podcasts like that. That was always fun to do. And I'm also very, very happy that you joined Natoru and you supported me. That That is really nice of you. Uh, I do love the fact when people get involved. Uh, there are many ways to get involved and support Natoru, many, many ways, and I appreciate all of them. I really do. So I mean that. And I know you've had a lot of experience in what you do, and I know you're a Bujikan member and everything. That's no problem. 
you know, I, I understand that. We get a lot of uh, boot camp people coming across. And very occasionally, very occasionally, we have this problem. Uh, now, I, I will admit we've had it before. But uh, and I've investigated fully and I've looked in fully and every time it has come to the fact that actually it bears down to one real problem and this is normally the approach of the person coming to it. Now I'll agree with you full well. Andrew is a very straight and straight speaking person and sometimes some people see that as rude they do um, but that's just a very northeastern english way of doing things uh say as we mean it basically in england there's a big difference between the north and the south and northern people just say what they mean and don't mean anything rude by it they just say it me uh, say it directly and you know if people don't like what they say, they say, well, I don't care, you know, that type of thing uh, in in the north of England is very different to the south. So do please allow for some things, so for some uh, cultural crossover there. Um, however, this, the main problem I've always found with this, Jason, the main problem I've always come across is the fact that people bring things with them. So... For example, you've been in the Bujin Khan and you said you've done all your training and everything. And what I'm trying to do with Natori Ryu is not start again. Don't get me wrong. I did Bujikan and I did Bujikan for many years. And uh, I, when I decided to leave and do something different, I didn't just forget what I'd learned there. I, I moved. I, I put that in a different folder in my mind and said, that's something different. I'm going to start something new, but I won't forget one and I won't only focus on the other one. You know, I'll bring them together later in my own time. Now, of course, the problem we get there is lots of people come over to Nato Ryu and try to force in things from other sides. You're like, well, we're not doing that. That's not what we're doing. So, for example, if and, and I always give this example, uh, if a if I went to a Kung Fu school and said, well, actually, I want I did Aikido, so I want to do it in a more Aikido fashion. They say, well, why are you here? Or if I went to Aikido and I said, well, actually, I want to do this version of fencing. And like, well, why are you here? You know, doing Chinese sword fighting. But actually, I was human. I've done German fencing. I was like, well, I want to do this. You know, I want to add this from the past. It doesn't make sense to add things from somewhere else to something that is not connected to it. So that that's always a big issue for us. So I always say to people, whenever these submissions go in, so, so what actually happens, sorry, what actually happens is a lot of people put so much extra stuff in and then they get a fail and they think, oh, I failed because I don't, but I do know this subject. And, and the problem is not that they don't know it, is they've added far too many things or they've not even included anything from the books. I've got so many people say, well, this is this and that's that. And it, none of it is Nato Ryu. So all of what you do should be from Nato Ryu. We do sometimes compare it to other manuals like the Ban Senshu kind, the, the Shinobi Hiden and everything. But on the whole, what we need from articles are very, very um, neat, very, very well structured. Because we're an officer military school, if you like. We're obviously not officers or in the military. But my point is, uh, Nato Ryu was for high-ranking samurai. It's for people who are presenting well. Uh, putting their stuff together well, very clean, very neat, very well structured information on Nato Ryu. Not the CIA, not Bujinkan, not anything else on Nato Ryu. Uh, so we're using old school things like, you know, old tools as close as we can get them to the original. We're trying to, you know, get it uniformed, make sure everybody's uniformed and make sure everyone's together. Now, the reason, Jason, we're very strong on this and the reason I do support Andrew in this is because some people come across and they don't know so much and they start adding lots of things in that are not there. 
and you get people who come across who are experienced and add things that are not there. And then what happens is I don't want the same thing as what happened to the bougie can where people can just add anything they like. So really we don't we don't mind that people have these backgrounds and we're happy that people have experience. But what we need to do, first of all, is get the base level of what is Natoru into Natoru. So Myself included, I've got so much information on the ninja out there that I don't share publicly because I've not yet done it. And possibly some stuff that I have that I could move in with Natoru or at least show a, a deeper, broader connection. But I don't because it will confuse people. It will confuse the training. It will confuse everything. Now, of course, if you go through the Natori training, you're going to end up being a Natori instructor under my organisation, which I hope you do do. I really do. But I don't want that training. I don't want to think out there that there are people mixing my training and, and Isui Sensei's very ancient work with anything modern or with anything... Um, from a different school. That's not to say we can't modernise it. That's not to say we can't compare it later on. But at the very base level, when we do it, and I've done these courses as well. Uh, I haven't done the mi minor courses. That's not what I do. I help write them with Andrew and I go through things. But all the major courses, like the Shinobi ones, are put down with me or through me or by me or Andrew's put stuff together and I've put stuff together all based on asking Yoshie a lot of these questions and the monk about the reality of it because we want it to be as close as possible to the original Natori Ryu. Now that just means unfortunately that some people come across and they, they give too much in their information, they give too little, they give it from a different school, they give it from a modern perspective and you're like well that's not what we're doing here. All that can be so basically, people like yourself maybe are jumping to the end process when we want everyone to start at the beginning. Not because we want everyone to forget what they know, but we want everybody to be 100% sure and say, well, actually, this is in Natoru. And I myself, because I've got so much information, have to go back and say, okay, what's actually in the scroll? Let me go back over it. And myself, I have to keep going back over Heika Jordan to clarify in my mind what's in Natoru and what I've added to it because of broad understandings and also what I've added to it because I've had to um, estimate things in the middle like well what does that mean and some things are absolutely it says do this some things are like well could be done this way and it could be done that way and everyone Andrew included has his, his opinion on what it is Although Yoshia has her opinion on what it is. But sometimes, if we're honest, we just say, we don't know what this is. We have an idea, but we're not 100% sure. And that is marked out. Or we've made a decision at those points to go with one theory. So I hope you get this sorted. Uh, but I just want you to know that I understand Andrew can, be a, can bristle people the wrong way sometimes. He is direct, but that's just an English... That's just a... Um, a very northern English thing. The The stereotype for English people is a southern Englishman. And that stereotype has gone all over the world where they don't say much. But actually, northerners will tell you straight. And they're 50% of the population, basically. So I hope you don't mind. So I hope you get this sorted with Andrew. I don't... If there is a genuine problem, I will get involved. But I've seen this before many times. And it looks like you're trying to overdo and put more things that are not there. Now, if I am wrong, let me know. But please have, go away, have a think and do support. Keep support. I hope you do keep doing what you're doing and keep trying your best. Remember, we're trying to build a core of people who are all working from the same page that they're saying, OK, yet yeah, we know this is this because I've done this minor course. I've done this major course. We know that is that. And Andrew is actually extremely good with people if you build a repertoire with him. Some people come in 
and start throwing about lots of information this and Andrew's like well that's not what we're doing and then he just gets he gets his back up whereas if people who come in and I've had some really experienced people from just Japanese martial arts um, and they say they start and they just go along with the basics and then they become friends with Andrew and then they start developing the things later on. So it's also about the way you approach it. And of course, Natori is about manipulating people in a positive way. So if, you, if you're getting it wrong with Andrew, then you need to come at him. Obviously, you need to come from a student perspective because we insist of that of all people come in, do what we ask, but then come on, you know, move on to instructor and get everything done. And then of course, come in and work your way through but of course you've got to use a bit of the old slyness and manipulate Andrew as best you can but in a positive way so try doing it like that but overall go back to the drawing board please please do keep in supporting me and Natoru because I genuinely enjoyed doing the podcast with you we had a good time and I hope obviously we'll do something again in the future that would be nice and um, I hope you get this sorted with Andrew I really do now I only get as I say, only interfere if there's absolutely a problem. But at the moment, I can just see that. Now, lastly, on the Momochi sort of like movement with Natoriu, I know the most about Natoriu of all the people in all the world, and I still have got a lot to learn, but I've never seen a single connection like that. There is no history evidence to prove that, and everything I've ever seen never points to anything like that. All right, I better go. See you later. So I don't want to get into too much detail about the my and the other guy's point in this or what we were talking about. But basically it was down to, I had to write him because I was involved in Natori to you there. And, you know, it would be stupid, stupid things that uh, this Andrew guy would write to me about. And I'd like, one of the things is I had to show magic, a magic trick in a video. It's like, well, uh, okay, no problem. I had done that already. Lots of them. So I just forwarded him a video and it's like, no, we need you to do it again specifically for us and i'm like okay he's just being an asshole but uh, i bit my tongue i refilmed the brand new video and uh I, th I think i had had my son sitting across from me and i was doing the trick to him and then he write me back and says no you gotta point directly at me in the camera and i'm like dude it's like how many times do you want me to do this video i was like he's just if this has nothing to, like Anthony was saying, that it, it's it's a problem because people that are like Bujinkan members are adding stuff in. But this has nothing to do with adding stuff in. I was looking sideways at my son in the camera and he wanted me to redo the whole thing looking at him directly. And so that has nothing to do with Bujinkan. That's just him being an asshole. And not only that, but that's just one example. And I can do dozens and dozens of examples where he it is, has nothing to do with information it's just about he, him being an asshole and i'm like okay you're just causing me problems on purpose it's obvious that you're doing it and i've had uh, my cousin was doing it and he was an asshole to him and he dropped out of notoriety and i don't want to get into it too much anthony's not a bad guy um i'm not sure i agree with everything he says historically like the momochi sandayu thing he said at the end there i've seen clear evidence that he is connected but that's we talked about that in our history course which is separate and we might uh, mention it here but anyway i just wanted to point out my two cents worth on this is that the guy that does handles all the paperwork was not dealing in a suitable manner in my opinion so i'm i uh, technically left now while i officially left natori to you i have all the material if there's anything new there or anything worthwhile, I'm going to use it, right? I have 
I have it all. So, I mean, what, do I really need to do the courses? I mean, what am I gaining? It's stupid. Elementary. Some of the courses, I mean, some of the course material was stupid. Like, oh, man, what, it, what can I think of one right off the top of my head? No, I don't think so, but... Uh, it was just like childish and like do you really want me to do that like really and I tried to get my students involved and I'm like no I don't want anything to do with that I'm like I don't blame you man I don't blame you anyway uh, I know that doesn't really fill in much of the detail like what is he, what are you talking about but um, it's just personal opinion that it had nothing to do with my bringing experience or prior knowledge it had everything to do with this guy intentionally trying to make it hard for people like me I guess like not hard like making the course difficult I mean him being difficult and then it's he doesn't come across as being a customer service oriented person he came across as being one of those I don't know back alley truckers that like if you got a problem with them they get out and give you the finger and then they start you know they throw their beer bottle down and while they're you know and just like, bring it on. I'm like, I don't have time for that. So, whatever. I'm going to use the material if there's value to it. And uh, when we film videos, we'll talk about it if it's Natori based. But other than that, uh, there's no benefit for me to do the courses. I can uh, learn the material much faster without doing the courses. And he was slowing me down. He was making it too difficult. He was focusing on elementary things. And you know, things like that. So anyway, that's my two cents on that point of view, just so you know what he was talking to me about. Although, like he said, he mentioned that the majority of his email was, he thinks it's the problem of people bringing other information that's not Natori based. And I don't think I agree with that. I think it's mostly the guy's not people, not a people person. He's a horrible person to deal with. And I'm not the only person to say that. So anyway, that's my two cents. That's my rant for today. Let's move on. So there actually is one more thing I can think of um, that's a holy to say. So uh, when I first started, I can remember, I think, one of the first few courses I had submitted uh, through video. And uh, so I got the instructions on paper, what he wanted, Andrew, this Andrew guy. And I did it, and I submitted it, and it's like, uh, I guess, no, not that I remember, I guess I didn't submit it yet, but I asked for clarification. I'm like, what exactly do you want here? This, the instructions for the courses are so poorly written that you have to guess half the time what they're talking about, what they want you to do. So once I, he told me, he said, first, okay, go back, go back and ask this guy. I was like, okay. So I, I asked the other, a different guy and then he told me what to do. So I submitted the video and it's like, oh, that's not what you were supposed to do. I was like, well, I asked you what to do, and you told me to go ask him, and that's what he told me to do. And he's like, oh, we're going to have to have to talk with him, because that's not what you were supposed to do. So then he told me what he wanted, and I redid the video. And it's like, okay, no, uh, you need to be in your uniform. I was like, oh, well, that would have been nice to know the first couple times. So I redid it again in my video and submitted it with the same camera angles, the same everything, the same lighting. And then he said, no, your face has to be visible in it. It's like, well, that would have been nice to know the first time instead of the fourth time, you know what I mean? So I did it again, and he's like, well, no, uh, now we need to be able to see the number on the uniform. I'm like, okay, well, that also would have been nice to know. See, he's just being an 
a, a dick, a complete dick. It's like, why are you giving me pieces of the information after every submission instead of giving it to me all at once? And better yet, it should all be written in the material exactly what you want to see, and it's not written that way. What a pain to deal with. Holy moly. Anyway, that's my four cents worth now. We also did a course on pickpocketing with our group. In Japanese, we called it Surujutsu. So I thought that I would share some of that with you here. Are you learning about pickpocketing? If not, something's missing from your training. So let's keep this simple. This could be called an opportunistic skill. I go for the easiest ones, not the hardest ones. Use misdirection with one hand while the other hand works. For example, use one hand to draw attention to a right, your left, breast pocket of a victim, while you use your other hand to pick a left, your right, bottom pocket. Use one hand to lift the side of a jacket and alleviate weight and rustling, and misdirection to perhaps an inside pocket and to block their view, then your other hand to pick the outside pocket. Use an accomplice to hand objects to. This will help you also if they get suspicious and want to check you. Shake a hand with a double grab. Undo their watch band and pull it away when done. Or use the finger method. Shake their hand with one hand. Lace your fingers into their watch band and undo it. Misdirect to an opposite pocket as you flip their wrist towards you. The watch flips over, then drops into your pocket. You have never let go. Leather is best for starting out. If possibly, applying constant pressure throughout the trick will trick their brain into thinking the feel of the watch is still there when you let go. Or... You can use your index finger along the band to get it past the first latch, then with a scoop, fold it back, press the pin forward to prevent accidental refastening. Then with constant pressure for a psychological effect, grasp the watch head and pull away at the best time using misdirection. Some of this might sound complicated this way, but we have videos in our courses as well that explain it and show it better. I know that, that the written word sometimes is a little bit harder to follow. Use crowds for better confusion. To take something from a front pants pocket, misdirect with intense focus on something in front of them, like making them hold a map or your phone, then get very close to that side. Use one hand for a further focus on the object, then slip your fingers into the pocket. If it's too tight, add a bump from a passerby or step across their leg and ask them to move over. To prevent, you could use a fake wallet or spread your real money around. Sometimes being picked is better than being knifed. One way or the other, some thieves will get what they want. Let it happen? question mark. Some pickpockets will pre-bump you to see where you check your items. Warning, pickpockets signs are often used to the advantage of pickpockets. Travelers that see the sign will check their belongings and watching pickpockets now know where they are. The halo effect is when your uniform makes people trust you so you can get away with anything. Carry money in a front pocket or a special belt. It's harder to get but not impossible. Women, hold your purse closed with your elbow to take a purse if they are not clutching it. Wait until they stop, like at a crosswalk light, or hold the rear strap and cut the front one. Don't move. Let the woman walk away and the straps will fall away. Electronic pickpocketing. Today, you can be pickpocketed without even being touched. Always carry an RFID blocker in your wallet with your cards. Somebody walking by can steal the data right off the magnetic strip of your banking cards or other cards, or the wireless tap option. 
Small devices carried in a briefcase or bag by a thief just needs to get close enough for you for a second to get your data, called a skimming device. Then they can use card programmers to make new cards or just type the info into a website to make purchases. Most smartphones now can be used to pay for things, too, using the NFC setting, near-field communication. This method does not require a PIN or a signature. I recommend not using this. Employees can write down your card numbers or even using a skimming device. Never let your payment card or phone out of your sight when purchasing something. Always get a receipt. Always check your records on a regular basis. Okay, so, needy people, when they ask for money or they ask for anything from you, or even if they don't ask, but you go buy them, what do you do? Why should you do, why should you do what you do? Or why should anyone do what they do? Anybody? Or I can just maybe hold it here too. It's up to you. I don't know if I do the right thing, but normally I ignore them. And <laughs> well, You're they're suggested to ignore them because there's all kinds of special groups who will help them. All they have to do is walk down the street to them. Uh, I never thought of it that way. But it's true. That, yep. and if they're standing on the corner of the street holding the sign, the, the cops really don't like you stopping no. traffic to give them money. Well, uh, I, uh, I watch a movie, and this is a very interesting movie, when people begging for money on the streets, they were actually part of a kind of a mafia, ah. where, uh, like, the guys, they were putting people, old people on the streets, begging for money. Like people without a leg or without a hand or old people or kids. And this, actually, uh, in Europe, uh, all the European countries, most of the time gypsies, they do this. So they were caught by the police. And it's kind of a cartel. Really? The beggars. So I have seen documentary about in the U.S. where at least two people were begging all day and then they would walk several blocks to a... Lexus parked in a alley and, and get in their Lexus and go home to their five bedroom home. Well, a lot of the ones that you see though in the summer are backpack kids yeah. who are trust fund babies to start with. And you can tell because they've got $300 sneakers, a $1,000 cell phone hidden behind their back or behind the sign so they're texting, a nice, rare, well placed or paid for backpack. And they say they make seven to $800 a week begging for money in Moncton. I believe that. And I said, the only time I change my idea is if it's freezing cold out and I'm coming past a coffee shop and one of the old timers are out on the side of the street, I will go and get a black coffee and some creamers and hand it to them on the uh, way by. See, that's what and I was going to say next. Is that's the only, I don't give them no, money. One guy, money. she's not even listening. On a Sunday there, one day, we had, our tradition is usually after church we go to Burger King. And I know you're not supposed to buy things on Sunday, but we can't help it. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> anyway, we stopped at Burger King, and a guy knocked on our window. And he's like, can you spare some money for food? And he looked quite depressed and introvert. But uh, what we did was we said, tell you what, come in with us to Burger King, and we'll buy you a meal. So, and he did. He came in, and we ordered him a meal. I can't remember what it was. And then he said he started to add more burgers onto his own order that we did, pl placed on his behalf, and we're like, how about just one? One, one burger will do. Because <laughs> next thing you know, he's got a whole 
convent under the bridge somewhere that he's going to feed, right? So now, because uh, that, and he, was, he seemed grateful. He took it outside, and he actually was eating it. So we saw him eat it. But giving them money, I have a problem with. Because, you know, you don't know what they're going to do with that. I kind of like the Papa John's version, where you go in, and if you're buying a slice of pizza, you can pay for an extra slice, and they put a tag on the wall. And then the homeless can come in and they'll take really? the tag off the wall and present it and they'll give them a slice of pizza. Really? What, it's here a, in Moncton? Yeah, it's paying it forward. There's a few spots yeah. in Moncton that do it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I've never heard of this. You know, the, it's, if you want to, like, you buy your lunch and you pay for another lunch. Yeah. You pay two lunches or three. Anyway, so there are people, street people, they go inside and they ask, to, do we have some lunches for us? Really? And they give them, yeah. That's a good idea. Again, it's not giving them money to feed any That's habits. Right. It's what it's really supposed to be for. Yeah. Which is why, like the churches and stuff that help them, say you should never give them money. Said so if you want to give money, give it to the associations that are going to take care of them when yep. they need it. So this is what we did actually. We have a Romanian association here in Moncton, so we put money together, and from time to time we make like a meal in the basement of the church, or we buy like. One yeah. month ago, we bought like uh, mittens, uh, scarves, whatever. And That's going to be them. So, and if you're and worried about it making you feel bad, go to one of the churches that serve breakfast or suppers yeah. on a weekly basis and donate your time there. Or money. Well, but did, or time. Time too, yeah. Well, I did this too. Yeah. Like uh, the Anglican Church, they, they are doing every second uh, Sunday in a month. They do a community. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. St. George's? Yeah, on the on St. George's Church is the Anglican Church. Yeah, St. George's Anglican Church. Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah so that's I my was. Church. Well, I was there last. Uh, St. George. There's an Anglican Church. Does it look like right the big Catholic church. one? It's right on Church Corner. Yeah. So it's across oh. from I think the Baptist one is across the street. Or yeah, the Baptist oh. is, and the big Catholic one's back behind okay. it. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we keep our Sunday. <laughs> we keep there in, in like on the. Was the the name of the street? It, they have a small uh, small chapel there, yeah. so we do our service there, <laughs> and we we help uh, Father Francis. We we help him. Hmm. Well, I was there two weeks ago, so pretty big. Yeah. Like a lot of people, they came on. We, we were there just to serve them and then clean the tables. Yeah. Well, they've got a rule there that if you want to be married in the church, if you don't want to have to pay the fee for it, you have to serve. Oh. A number, a certain number of meals throughout That's interesting. the year beforehand. I served a lot of meals, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not bad because I was always in the kitchen washing yeah. dishes or whatever. So. This church here, they have a. If people come in through the front door and go to the reception and ask for, usually they'll ask for money, and sometimes I'll give them money, but usually it's coupons for food. Or uh, they they do a food program once in a while here, but not too often. Mostly, it's they'll give them coupons for clothing at certain stores or for foods. But uh, the money thing, they've stopped giving out money. I think because you're, they were getting guys coming and they were very uh, violent. They come and say, "Give me money," yeah. like that, and I'm like, "Ah," and like, "Give me money now, or else," and they have to call the police and stuff like that. And so St. George's had a. The rule yeah. that if, if somebody was in the office, and if somebody came to the door and said, I'm hungry, is there any food? Somebody would run down, make a sandwich yeah. for them. Because yeah. they get a fully functioning kitchen. Yeah. Or they'd let them have a shower and wash their clothes for them. And yeah, they have everything in the basement. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty big uh, space there. Pretty nice.
Yeah. Yeah. If you ever lose this space, just I'll put you in contact with Father Chris. I'm sure Absolutely. Yeah. He'd be more than happy to give up the downstairs because it's just a massive yeah. room the size of the gymnasium. It's so. nice. It's a, it's really yeah. It's do you do you go to church? Yeah. I I never would have pictured you for a church well, person. I don't know. Go to church every Sunday. <laughs> you spoke of. Uh, the mafia, and you kind of come off as a mafia guy. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of do. You have a really deep voice. No, we uh, we have actually no. in that church we have because they we are kind of, of renting. Of course, I go to church. <laughs> <laughs> we are renting, but it's not kind of rent. No, every yeah. Sunday we give twenty. Yes, that's bucks. right. Yeah. yeah. So well, it's uh, the same here. I I donate money. I don't pay for the space, but I donate to the church. So and it was nice because uh, what's the name? The father was left for six Father Chris, he was out for six months. Six four. months. Oh, yeah, you had mentioned. Because yeah, he's the uh, pa uh, pastor for the reserves here in Moncton. Yeah. So he was, and he's a nice guy anyway. He's a nice, nice priest. So uh, he was, we, we helped him a lot. And um, just because we, we keep our service in, in that church every Sunday. So. Huh. And we have some activities. And actually, we discussed with, uh, with the Father Chris. To let us to make like a meal for yeah. for people yeah. once a month, like we decided just to like one, two, three families put together and I actually make a think meal. at some point it would be a good idea, even if we all kind of did that together or something. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Oh, I simple bet it to is. Do it. Yeah. When I was a teenager, fourteen, I moved into downtown St. John area. Yeah. And just as a joke, me and my couple of my friends, we decide, like, we, you know, we make fun of the homeless and all that, just like kids do. And we decided, let's put a hat down, we're dancing and singing Christmas songs, and people start throwing money in the hat, and, you know, there's dollar bills in there. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, like half an hour, we had about $50. But, oh, we can buy some booze, we can buy some weed. People coming That's the up. whole point. That's all what right, we're talking about. Yeah, Buying us pizza. And <laughs> That's why you don't give money because uh, of that. Exactly. <laughs> about, about the church, my grandfather was a priest for 54 years. Oh, yeah? In Romania? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that answers the question, I guess. I have to. <laughs> 10 minutes. Good job. <laughs> it's too hard to stop, though. But no, Father Chris is the type who will. He goes out of the way. So if you call, he comes over to People's Park Tower to provide okay. communion to the old folks who can't come out. And if you're in the hospital, he'll come and visit you and give you communion in the hospital. The man runs like 23 hours that's a day. That's your church? Yeah. That's the same, same church as it? Yeah. Do you ever see him there? No. no yeah, that's my wrong. point again. <laughs> no, 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 because they probably do the service in the big part of the church. We have a small chapel. Like yeah, there's a the main chapel, and then right off to the side, there's a little... Then that's, that's the one uh, we're using it. Yeah, yeah, it's a much smaller chapel for evening services. Interesting. Yeah, well, we go there, we are like 20, 30 guys every Sunday, so... Huh. And it's pretty it's good because they allow us to, to be there. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But I find if you can help someone that you know needs help, someone you know maybe, or family or whatever... That's a little different, too, because now you can trust well, them a little bit. Even yeah. then, I've done that one before, and you stop pick somebody up once because they're on yeah. a long they're walk, and then all of a sudden they're stopping at your door like two hours before you're supposed to go to work. Well, can I get a ride to town? Yeah. Fuck off, I'm not okay. You're going anywhere for hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the only other thing is you can tell family to 
Yeah. I've got family that I say the more you give them handouts, the more they won't do anything for themselves. Yeah, like enabling. <laughs> yeah. Anytime she call asking for money for tobacco or say, oh well, I need milk for the kids. Okay, I'll pick up milk and bring it back to you. Well, no, I need. I'll just take that. No, if you need milk, I'll pick up the milk and bring it to you. Yeah. <laughs> Click. So that's what I thought. They are selling nicotine milk in the corner. Yeah. When all they'd actually want is her husband would want smokes or beer, and it's like. Or milk is, once it's dried out, becomes cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not entirely sure that didn't come into play at some point before the divorce. Yeah. So. yeah. Okay, very good. 12 minutes. Good job. <laughs> That's our five-minute segment. <laughs> hypnosis. You study hypnosis in your ninjutsu. Traditionally, this was called Simon Jitsu. If you're not, you're missing something. So. Um, in our class, I'm always coming back to that, it seems. In our class, we studied hypnosis, and I have 12 pages of notes, and I'm not going to read them all. But I picked a few pages to help get uh, a little bit of information across to you, help maybe pique your interest. And if you want the whole thing, come find us on our website and look it up at divinewordnijutsu.com in the membership section. So, uh, dealing with hypnosis. So we talked about words, and when you speak, we have to squeeze the meaning out of our words. So there was an exercise that we had the class do. We had to say the following words or words of your own by trying to portray them with the tone of your voice and what the words mean. So instead of saying affection, you say it with the meaning. So you might say affection. Adventure, you might say adventure. Endure minuscule, bizarre. Maybe you can try these yourself too. Or pause and uh, try it or come up with your own. There's more. How about wonderful, superb, despise, rage, concentrate, relaxed. Now try telling a story with these words in it and the same tones you just practiced. Then we had another practice exercise. Lean on certain words. This means to emphasize the meaning by putting extra emphasis on a word. Try leaning on each of these words one at a time and have a partner tell you the hidden message it seems to infer. Did you get the item today? So uh, I'm going to just take a side note on the notes. Did you get the item today may come across as did you get the item today? Which might you know, it, it gives it a different meaning. Did you get the item today? Did you get the item today? You see how it changes the meaning, right? So practice this exercise. Speak in rhythm. Clap your thighs with your left hand on your left thigh and your right hand on your right thigh. Keep a beat as a drummer and move your body a little too. So one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now start talking like this to your partner. If you don't know what to say, use the following paragraph. You will eventually need to hunt your own food. Hunt a big game and small game are two different scenarios with different approaches and different levels of difficulty. You will be much better off going after small game. And don't be afraid to broaden your horizons. Food is food. Rabbit, porcupine, fox, snake, Turtle, squirrel, chipmunk, raccoon. Some basic rules are if you didn't kill it, don't eat it. 
You never know why an animal died if you don't happen to cross one. We are thinking diseases here. And if you did kill it, look for rabies. Using a rifle is the best way. Squirrels gather at the base of trees while rabbits prefer the open field. Small game is most active in the morning and early evening. Foliage is their natural cover. Hunting with the rifle is time consuming, though trapping is much less time consuming. Set as many traps as possible, and a small percentage will yield fruit, so to speak. Paths used by small game can be easily spotted, so just set along those. If you are near water, just about any fish you can spot catch will be perfectly nutritious. Focus on anything you get. Smaller fish are smaller, but they are more abundant. It's easy to improvise fishing gear, but it doesn't hurt to add small items like fishing rods, line, and hooks. Making a spear for fishing or hunting is very easy. Just remember to pack your knife. People can go a long time without food in survival and you will need less too. Remember the four rules. Four minutes without air, four days without water, four days without food. Allocate your energy wisely. Sitting and fishing takes less energy than running after an animal. So, that's a little bit of an exercise, but what is it teaching? It was teaching how to speak in rhythm, because rhythm gets people's attentions and draws them in. That's why in uh, battles, there are drummers, or when they used to row giant ships, there was a drummer, because it keeps people, uh, it's al it almost lulls them into a hypnotic state. Or why do we use music when we meditate? Stuff like that, right? So, while you're not going to actually hit your thigh when you're trying to meditate, or, I mean... Uh, uh, hypnotize somebody it helps you to learn how to speak with that way right so English really has three tonalities to it an upward intonation at the end of a sentence and a monotone tonality at the end and a downward intonation this will be useful the upward intonation denotes a question the monotone one denotes a statement and a downward intonation denotes a command you can issue a command hidden as a question by intoning down at the end instead of the expected up. Did you get the mail from outside? With a down intonation implies subconsciously that they should indeed go get the mail from outside. But if someone were buying something from you and you repeated their offer price with an upward intonation, then wait for a response, they will probably come back with a better offer. Practice this exercise. Read over the language pattern cards again above and get to know them better. You do not need to be able to use them yet. Now, we didn't cover the language pattern cards here on the podcast, but they are available in our full course. Practice this exercise. Use the four words of power, as, and, because, and which means in practice. Going around and around in circular talk. Get used to doing it. Practice this exercise. Use the language pattern cards in a random order and try to spur new conversation by using these as a base. Don't use them exactly, of course, just the main points to generate the conversion. Practice this exercise. Use the four power words again, as, and, because, and which means, and talk around your vocation or another vocation for a couple of minutes to sell your pitch. 
a car salesman talking to a customer, a teacher talking to her student, or the president talking to the nation. Practice this exercise. Use a dictionary or a thesaurus to find words and practice saying them in different tonalities to induce a different meaning. Next, try putting them into sentences and give them specific tonalities again. The sentences can be random. Practice this exercise. Practice talking with tonality again to someone or even an imaginary person. Try using gestures to help you at first. When you ask a question, raise your eyebrows. Open your eyes wide and smile as this will help to automatically raise your voice in a question tonality. Likewise, furrow your brow and frown and even point when giving a command so your voice will automatically go down. Eventually, you can remove these gestures so your voice does this by itself. Practice this exercise. Use a voice recorder and talk for 5-10 to 10 minutes on a theme of your choice or just use the general theme of relax, listen, and learn. Put everything together that you have learned so far. The power of words, tonality, learning and squeezing the meaning out of certain words. Then when you have finished, listen to it and notice which parts sound good and which parts seem not to work and bring you out of your relaxed hypnotic state. Then you can refine these to make them better in the future and try again. Practice this exercise. Now try using all these with people in real conversations. Start with the four power words and slip them into normal conversation, then try tonalities and so on. The more you use it, the more comfortable you become and the easier it is. You will start making it normal and you will see that because of this, you will be able to turn your hypnotic speech on and off at will. Practice all of these multiple times and really get to know them and better at them. It is the foundation on which the next parts will build. We as human beings always play roles, sometimes called power roles, even when we are in a flat group with no hierarchy and we are supposed to all be equal, we will unconsciously form a hierarchy and respond to different people as in roles. As a hypnotist, you will want to take on a high status role so people will unconsciously want to follow you. But there could be times when you want a low status role, such as if someone has a dislike of authority figures. Once that type of person trusts you, you can shift back into a high status role. High-status role individuals will have certain characteristics. You will want to adopt these. Smooth speech without non-words like um, uh, like, or stuttering. Eye gazes will be fixed and not darting around nervously. Naturally sensitive areas that people unconsciously protect, like the throat, stomach, and groin, will be presented as not threatened and unprotected. A speed of speech that is not too fast or nervous, but not too slow or boring. No grand hand gestures or body actions that overcompensate for inner difference. Not too authoritarian, so you come off as mean and people dislike you, but not too soft, so you seem like a pushover. The law of compounding effect is the last tool in persistence tactics. You could say something like, In a moment you will blink, and when you do, you will... But in a broader sense, this effect basically states that every time you successfully get someone to agree with or do any previous steps, they become more comfortable doing any and all steps, and future steps will become easier for them with less resistance and prepping. So, this is a very quick introduction of some of the things we covered in our hypnotic course of Saimenjutsu. It is very brief. We spent a long time, and there's lots of videos on this, so I recommend that you go to our website, divinewarriorninjutsu.com, then you click on the icon at the top. It looks like a little man, at least it does while I'm at the time of my saying this. 
and then it'll take you to our online courses. There's one, it's the Total Force membership. It's a monthly subscription. It's really cheap. Uh, at the time of my saying this, it's $18 a month Canadian price. And in U.S. prices, it's even less than that. Um, and you can get all of our courses, not just hypnosis. All of our courses are there. I've said it before, but I'm just uh, reinforcing that. So if you want full ninjutsu, maybe this is a good time to mention. I see, I've been seeing courses online advertised for ninjutsu. Learn ninjutsu online or whatever. But my pet peeve is most of the people saying learn ninjutsu is not ninjutsu. They teach taijutsu. Everyone teaches taijutsu, how to fight in combat. But ninjutsu is an umbrella term. Are you really learning ninjutsu? Like for me, when I joined ninjutsu a long time ago, I wanted ninjutsu. I wanted all of it. Taijutsu is great, but it's a small part. And everyone says, come learn ninjutsu with us. And they teach taijutsu because they really have no concept of what ninjutsu is for whatever reason. There's lots of reasons, but I won't get into that. What is ninjutsu? Ninjutsu is a huge array of skills only one of which is taijutsu. That's combat, especially unarmed combat or combat using your body. That's tai. Ninjutsu includes, well, let's look at it this way. Historically, I'm very interested now lately in historical and traditional accuracy of ninjutsu and the, its application in modern times. So the combat for the ninja was last it's not their first line of defense. They did it only if they had to. There are other skills. What comes to mind when you think of ninjutsu? Uh, stealth. How about uh, entering methods? Climbing abilities? How about espionage and intelligence gathering? How about scouting? How about lockpicking? How about um, you know all kinds of trickery? And these things that brought us to ninjutsu in the first place. In the first place, so I'm like, this is, this is out like otherworldly these are crazy skills the least of which was just fighting you can get that anywhere in any martial arts school any martial art yes yeah, some are better and some are worse and a lot of it depends on the person we don't have time to get into that but basically if you want ninjutsu i am striving i'm not saying i'm the only one there are a few people i think that really strive to capture and to relay full ninjutsu and i want to do that because that's what i wanted that's what i want Lots of people say, oh, let's come learn Buddha, Bujinkan Ninjutsu or Budo Taijutsu, and they claim Ninjutsu, but it's the farthest thing from the truth. It's only Taijutsu, and they leave everything else out. Anyway, my point is, because of my great interest in actual Ninjutsu, historical and traditional Ninjutsu, and we use the ancient manuals, such as the Shonenki, Ninpiden, and Bansen Shukai, for example, we are much closer to being authentic than you may realize, and we're certainly much closer than other people claim to be just by using the word ninjutsu. We have the material. I'm not saying, again, I'm the only one that does that. I'm not special in that sense, but we do present it fully with nothing left out. So go to our website, divinemorenninjutsu.com, click the icon at the top, go to the Total Force membership. You get all of our courses. We're, we're adding them as fast as we can. Uh, there's a lot missing still that we haven't added in, but there's thousands of hours of videos and books and documents and everything you could possibly think of already there. And uh, I'm, I'm going as fast as you can. If you have uh, something that you want to see faster than others, let me know and I'll try and prioritize it. Uh, other than that, 
I think this brings us to the end of another podcast. I thank you for listening or watching, depending on where you are. I'm Daishihan Jason Steves. You have improved. Go away.